Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm Ben, here with Lucy. Hi. Hey. Hi. Uh, and we're joined by Adol. Hey. Hey. How Let's you... get... Oh. Hmm? Sorry, you already retweeted on the Out of Lives account that we're live? Someone no, did? I've done nothing. Oh, that was last... Oh, God. Never mind, that was last week's. <laughs> My t- Twitter... Uh, boy yeah ignore me i'm here i'm clearly paying all the attention i normally do um yes hi let's open up some beers mm. lucy yeah let's start with you this week what are you gonna drink first uh, i realize that i only other than one beer had uh dippers in the fridge and i was like Ooh, can't be double dipping on the dippers well we can be <laughs> probably will be later but um perhaps perhaps but I have decided to go for another double brew York uh, week this nice. week. Fair enough. First one is starting off lighter. It's Hay Mango, which is a mango ice cream IPA. 6.1%. Oh, there's a little poem back here. Just before you start the poem, Lucy, is that like Hit Mango? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Hay Mango, sadly. <laughs> Why can't we get another Hitman go? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's mango. <laughs> it's, mm. I'll just read the bottom. Generous mango, vanilla, citron, mosaic combined in this big-bodied ice cream IPA. We'll be curious to see if I actually can taste the mango. Um, I wonder if it's mango puree, if it says that, or if it is... They just put all the fruit in there. Oh, here we go. Ingredients... Lactose, milk, apple, mango, hops, vanilla, tonka, yeast, and water. So, mm, packed. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about puree. Maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, apple as well. So mm. that'll be interested. But on their little diagram, it's 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 weighing heavily towards fruit and sweet, which you'd yeah. expect in the mouthfeel. Mm. So on the little yeah. web. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, well, it says. That, Fruit rating, it's given a five, five fruits. I'm guessing it's five out of five. It says 65, five <laughs> yeah, uh, 65 grams uh, per litre fruit edition. So I'm guessing it is, they've just put in fruit. So. Nice, yeah. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Nice. Um, right, I've got a question for the both of you. I've got two beers. Mm-hmm. Um, one is 7%, one is 6.3, but... Uh, the 6.3 is in a Qnot and Citra IPA. Um, the 7% beer is a Maybock Lager. That one. That one first. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Hit, the, mean, hit the lager first. Yeah, it's going to... I think it, your lingering taste on the other one, they're just going to overpower it otherwise. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to drink from Utopian Rainbock, which is a Maybock Lager. As I said, it's 7%. They've got a lovely can uh this one i, I rainbow i don't know what it's got to do with a rainbow but it's a lovely 
uh, um, coloured metalwork etched mm. into their sort of logo on the front as well. Oh, cool. Um, did I? Did you read that poem, Lucy? Or did I interrupt you? Oh no, I wasn't gonna. Fair enough. <laughs> I can. Um, <laughs> I can serenade you later. <laughs> Do it, yeah. Um, so this has got a little bit of uh, flavour text. Rainbok is a celebration of spring, the new beginnings, and hope it ushers in, much like the appearance of a rainbow after a storm. Our Rainbok is a Maybok-style beer and was brewed in the depths of winter, slowly maturing for ten weeks. Brewed slightly. Brewed slightly? Well, that word slightly isn't even there. Brewed using the finest British malts, using a traditional double decoction mash. British-grown Bodica hops, Bodicea hops maybe, uh, depends how you say it, where you're from, uh, were added for balance and character. In these challenging times, we want to recognise the incredible work of Devon Community Foundation. Looking mm. forward to better times, Rainbok is dedicated to their coronavirus response and recovery fund, helping to provide support to our local communities. One pound per can is donated to the DFC, the Devon Community Fund. I didn't even know that. There you go. Good stuff. Like you're being charitable by not noticing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad when people do it like that, though. Like, yeah, oh, we're just going to give some our beers like 50p, a pound more expensive than it would have been but we're just going to give all of that money to some cause or charity or local foundation. Yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah, take take, me take, take a pound almost every week or beer from me. That's fine. <laughs> I will crack this. Adol, what have you got today? Uh, I got... I was uh, actually near um, Corksicardum um, earlier in the week, and I haven't been there in ages, and they're usually they're my usual bottle shop in the before times. Uh, and I caught... Um, I only got two of them, but they have the whole new line of the Moore live beer. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, so I'm starting with the Moore's uh, raw best bitter, 4.3%. Um, raw, that pub memory, warm and inviting, meeting up with friends and talking about the night before. The beer was familiar and gone too quickly. Time to get the next round in. Uh, so it's naturally can conditioned with live yeast, always unfiltered and pasteurized and unfined. Um, yeah, so it's just, that's all they say. They just say, you know, water, multi barley, multi wheat, hops, yeast. Um, mm -hmm. and it's classic sort of more. Yeah, they've changed canning. their, they changed their branding, haven't they? So the, the art style on their, um, on their beers is all new and different these days. Yeah, and all the live beer ones sort of have this live beer on the rim, and they all have this sort of gray, dark, gunmetal-y color, rather mm. than it used to be sort of more stark colors, like all white or all dark, yeah, uh, black. Yeah, because it was white. It used to be white cans mostly. Yeah, with the odd dark stuff. Like I think the Vader one was black. Hmm. But other than yes. that, it's mostly yeah. Yes, they dark side and light yeah. side. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did alternate in their can colouring. Yes. Good. Uh, back to you then, Lucy. Mm. It looks like a mango. Ooh. That's thick. Yeah. That Where like... did that man go? I don't know. <laughs> it's Hitman. He's age of forty-seven. No one ever sees him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It proper looks like mango juice, even down to the head. Like. Mm. Frothy, bubbly. Uh, oh, you, you are getting a lot of. Is it Solero? Is that like the mango ice cream? Yeah, mm, that is what is the mango yeah. ice cream is. It smells like that, <laughs> like okay. full on, like. Getting... It did say it had lactose in as well, didn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, it is a yeah. It's meant to be an ice cream IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. It just I can smell the mangoes, just all of that. But when you get your nose in a bit more, yeah, you're smelling that. You're smelling a little bit of apple. It, it is like a fruit salad that you're smelling. Hmm. I don't want to drink it. I just want to smell it. I mean that works too. That's fine. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> Taste wise, yeah, it doesn't look thick, so I, I imagine the mouthfeel is going to be insane. Mmm. Ooh. That's good. Mmm. Mmm. You see, this is um kind of what my problem was a few weeks ago when I had those beers, and it was like. It was from Boundary. It was like, yes, you're getting all that fruit, but you're not getting the beeriness of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you can still tell it's a beer. Right. Um, Good. At the end of the taste, you're definitely getting a lot of sweetness um, from that lactose. So yeah, that's where the ice cream. Um, it, it, it hits. It's a, a bit more delayed than I would have expected. That those like ice cream flavors, but. Yeah, it's all there. Mm. A lot of fruit at the start. You're getting that creaminess, that thickness in the mouthfeel and in, and in the taste. You're getting that, that milkiness, that lactose at the end. Mm. But it still oddly tastes like a beer. <laughs> you're still yeah. getting a fair bit of hoppiness. Um, not really any bitterness. Maybe, maybe a little at the end, but yeah, it's just really fruity. It's not too sweet, it's not too sickly sweet, which a lot of ice cream IPAs can do that for me. It's like, oh, you went too far past that threshold and it's just too sweet, but mm. this one, it's, it's paired back nicely. Maybe maybe it is that, those hops and that little bit of bitterness at the end that pairs it back. Yeah, this is this is solid. This is really, really nice. Good. Excellent. Yeah, and I'm guessing the Tonka beans probably play a bit of part in making it taste more ice creamy so mm. yeah just add to a little bit of a sort of a more vanillary sweetness mm. i suppose as well doesn't it just to yeah. give it that little kind of kick i guess yeah. it's a it's mm. a solera in a can <laughs> melted solera in a can but still tastes like a beer so go figure yeah this is really nice um perfect i might have to my mom loves like she doesn't really like beer, but she likes mm-hmm. some mango beers. So I might have to get, might have to savor a bit of some of this, let her Ooh. taste it. So nice, mm. good stuff. It's always good when you can share a beer and you know someone likes a specific style or taste mm. or something. Yeah, good. Uh, so the Rainbok, I mean, it, it, it instantly smells like a lager. It's got a li- nice, not big sort of weedy nose to it but it's got that little bit to it just that little slight hint of a of a weedy nature to it but quite light a little bit of citrus maybe in there as well i've, I've done the standard ben pour and poured right to the top of the glass as well uh, i won't hover it over my keyboard or anything but it's it's um you know it's a pretty standard color for a lager uh, maybe a little bit darker uh, than, than most lagers. Barely any head to it at all. I, that disappeared really, really quickly. Mmm. Wow. 
Ooh. So, you know, normally when you sip a lager, and you don't get much taste straight away, it kind of sits for a couple of seconds, and then it sort of hits you a little bit more with its with its malts and kind of that weedy aftertaste and maybe a little bit of bitterness. This hits you straight away with a little bit of sweetness. Mm. As soon as you sip it, just or? a, just a well, not. It's just a. Mm, just wondering where the sweetness that? is coming from. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I don't know. Lots of malts. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's just that. There's just this little hint of sweetness that, that, that kicks off the flavour and then that mellows very nicely and brings out all of those sort of lager flavours to it. So it's not doing much more um, than than kind of some of the other uh, lagers that we've we've had recently, something like the, um, the Donzoko uh, Northern mm. Hellas, um, which was maybe a little bit more bitter than this. Um, this does have just that, that hint of sweetness, which kind of calms everything down a little bit. And then it does lead into a nice, weedy, bitter finish. But it's very, very easy. Um, I don't know whether that sweetness is from something they've added. Maybe it's that slightly higher 7% having some kind of effect. Mm. They said that it was sat... Uh, how long was it? Oh, just maturing for 10 weeks. Um, so, I don't know what that was maturing in. Whether it's just the standard vessels that they put it in. It doesn't say that it has been uh, um, aged. Mm. 10 weeks is not really aged. But it doesn't say that it's been added into anything. Mm. 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 That's very, very easy. And it's not too carbonated either. Okay. So... Yeah. It is, it's not sort of a clean, kind of crisp taste. There's lots of lovely things going on, which mean that without that carbonation, it's allowed to just linger and linger and sit and develop and just work its kind of its way around your taste buds, bringing in those different things. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Sounds like it's very nice. It's very right. nice. Mm. Right, I'm gonna drink that. Adam, <laughs> nice. come back to you. Um, cool. So raw, more raw, more uh, very orange. Um, for a bit, yeah. I think. Um, you can clearly see it's live yeast and, and unfiltered cedar because it's opaque as all hell. Not a lot of head. Smells um kind of juicy, like. And a little tart, having a bit mm. of sweetness and citrus. It makes me reminds me of the orange juice I had in the mimosa I had this morning because it was Ooh. it's one of my housemate's birthdays. Nice. Great way to start the day. Turns out mm-hmm. didn't get me very productive, but probably wasn't going to be anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I am getting that sort of sweet citrus vibe from it, which is interesting yep. for for a bitter. Was it was it a best bitter? Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. It is. So at four point three percent, it is quite light. Has a, although has a bit of thickness on the mouthfeel, but ultimately it just goes down really smooth. There's it's quite a lightened taste. So yeah. Even though I think that unfilteredness is giving a little more 
feeling to the to the liquid. It's still quite thin. Mm. Goes down pretty quick. Really, kind of tastes like three rungs down from what the no the nose is. It just kind of tastes a little fruity, a little sweet. Oh, sorry, a little like orange citrusy, a little sweet, and then it just yep, and then it finishes um, better. Just a night a light a light swath of bitter. Uh, but the actual mouthfeel um, isn't drying out, so I'm noticing that I have this light bitterness, really light, as in, like, if someone's like, I don't like bigger bitters, I'd be like, you probably wouldn't mind this. Like, it's not mm-hmm. too bitter. Um, that's good. But that's clearly just taste, because the actual, like, my tongue and the rest of my mouth is actually still quite wet from the sip. Um, I just, it feels drier because it, it ends quite, quite bitter, um, but mm. it's actually still quite a wet feeling taste. Um, because it, the, even that bitterness doesn't linger for very long, or rather it lingers, it sort of drop, drops a couple steps and then lingers for a bit. Um, there's not a lot else, like it, it, it just kind of goes, just this, like, once you get used to the lingering bitterness, that's just generic with bitters, um, once I get used to that, it's, it's almost like that steps, sips two and three, like I haven't had much, or like it, there's nothing lingering, mm. um, so I suspect this will go awfully quickly. <laughs> that doesn't sound like any of the beers we ever drink on this no. podcast at all. They just go back. Um, uh, yeah, but like I said, that like slight orangey citrus coupled with that sort of flat, bitter, sort of not tart, but bit, proper bitter, um, mm-hmm. is really enjoyable. Like, I don't want to say this is, it's not a one-note beer. It's just quite a bit lighter than I was expecting, and... Um, but tasty. There's something else going on, but can't quite place so it. Maybe I'll come back to you guys on it. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, let's enjoy these. And we'll talk about uh, everything we want to talk about this week. Um, I want to just start uh, because I've got, a, um, I've got a code for a game called Other Side, which uh, has released. Oh, are you sure that was week. just telling you which way to insert it? Into the PlayStation. Hey. <laughs> um, uh, I got a code from uh, from the developer from uh, Focus Home Interactive, uh, the developer Lightbulb Crew. But um, other side is a very. It's got a very specific aesthetic to it. Um, black and white, with lots of popping reds in there. Uh, and it is a strategy game. It takes a quite a dark fantasy demon esque kind of tone to its aesthetic. Uh, most of the things you're fighting are demons, um, and you basically control a squad of three women moving around on a tile-based map, um, killing lots of things. Uh, I haven't spent a huge amount of time with it yet, and there's lots of things that I'm being introduced to slowly which seem really interesting and, and, and seem like it's, got, it's trying to do something slightly different from all of these other kind of um, strategy kind of battlers um, it's interesting that it's only three characters that you um, that you have in your squad so far I've only unlocked three different distinct classes as well so that kind of uh, is working quite well at the moment I think more may unlock later uh, right. Everything I'm fighting is sort of little demons or um, floaty guys that look like um, you know plague doctors from the um, you know the Middle Ages or even mm-hmm. the 
later than that, but with their big noses, and some of them have got sides or sickles and shields. And it's really got a, it's got a beautiful vibe in terms of how uh, it's sort of presented on this nice black and white or very tonally grey with this like lovely popping red kind of um, colour. And it's got this brilliant melodic metal playing in the background as well as you're battling <coughs> things, which works really well for it and really, really fits the aesthetic. Um, I just... It, it's, it's kind of already drawn me in after only spending maybe an hour with it nice. uh, to want to explore everything that it's doing. And I think I'll come back next week when I've had some more time with it um, to give a full kind of rundown and review. Um, but as I say, it's got a couple of cool um, things that I haven't really delved into yet. So where your um, your characters get hurt on the battlefield, you can't just heal them. Uh, you have to sacrifice other characters out of your squad to bring them back to life or to revive them and, and, and put their health kind of back up to um, up to max. And it was telling me kind of at the start as well that if my run ends and all of my characters die, that isn't the end. It's kind of got this rogue light element to it where I retain some of the things that I had um, accrued on a previous run. So things like shards to be able to buy um, characters uh, and to upgrade them. I think there's other stuff as well. You pick up things like memories, which you can assign to different attacks and things like that as well, which I think is some of the stuff that kind of retains. Uh, but it'd be mm. interesting to see. And I, I, I kind of, it, when a game has this kind of element to it, I kind of almost want to crap out and die in the first few battles just to, to see... see how that works like really early on mm. not get super far you know getting through doing a few fights beating bosses and stuff only to then be wholly disappointed when i oh. just you know everyone just dies uh, in a in a battle um so i don't know what i'll do whether i'll take it all the way through or whether i'll just sacrifice everybody <laughs> in the next couple of battles just to see how it all works uh, but yeah uh, yeah, looks yeah, like the, the the visual art style was like it's like kind of like a mix between Transistor and Persona in a weird way. Like yeah, in, a, in an odd way, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But you know me and strategy games. I know Lucy. Uh, no, that's why I'm not spending very much time on it this week. <laughs> I just can't. I can just do. Little little hits every now and again, just, just <laughs> three minute moments. Oh, no there's this thing I've discovered in this game. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> every week for the next six weeks. I think that'd be worse than a half hour where Lucy could just kind of stare yeah. at a wall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lucy just like broadcasts her screen of a screen cap of her own face. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the speed thing. Just get a looping. Video. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Or just Man, some, that takes me back. Glasses on with your painted on open <laughs> eyes, and you can just Homer. sit back a little bit. And he's in court. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I wanted to touch on that, but the other game I've been playing, um, apart from Ghost of Tsushima, which is the same as when Adam and I were talking about last week, just is just it's huge. Still um, chipping away. At it. Still chipping away. Mm. Uh, the other game I've been playing is Carrion 
And I know mm. you've played that as well. Oh, I have played that. Yeah. Mm. Um, Clocked it, finished it, hundred percented it. Ooh, mm. I don't know how far through I am. Isn't it like a two-hour game? It's about four to five, oh, okay. maybe. Yeah, that makes a big difference. I, 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 for some reason, it stuck in my head. It was two. I'm like, that's like one session. Like, or, or I think if you're or, racing through it, you probably could do it in yeah. two. Yeah. But now it makes sense that you could, um, not quite know if you're done yet. That's yeah. Well, long mine's enough. mine's been little little sessions. Mine's been sort of like twenty minutes here, fifteen mm. minutes there. You know, in between doing work emails or you know making dinner and come back up and play for a little bit right uh what area i'm in i've got no idea i, I think got no idea what area yeah. i'm in uh, i've done the like jungle i've done the mines yeah. i've done the bit. Mines, oh i'm doing jungle. i'm doing at the moment i'm doing a load of uh water stuff so flicking switches raising water to then turn oh, into okay. worms you're pretty to be able far on yeah. you're about okay cool two-thirds of the way you're probably almost there to be honest but um mm. yeah i think it would probably work better in terms of doing it in like i did it in like two play two like sit downs two two right. sessions rather um mm. and a, a big criticism i've heard of this game was like uh there's no map so it's a metroidvania right. it's a 2d metroidvania where it's like it subverts expectations you're playing as a monster trying to escape from a facility so you're mm. killing all these humans that, that lay in your path but um yeah it's it's laid out it, the, the level design is really good but yes. i think if you were to come away from it and forget where you're going what you're doing i could see that being a problem in getting lost because yeah a lot of the reviews have alluded to that i never found myself getting lost even when mm -hmm. i was backtracking for the collectibles which are like containment units which just had perks like you know, more resistant to fire damage and stuff like that but okay it yeah I, I don't know i think i always knew where i was going and i think that's just a testament to the level design but right you know maybe but, other I mean, people are not like well i can i can see and i can, I can see where people might uh, <laughs> might struggle cuz occasionally you get into a new level and you have not a not a hub to it, but you've kind of got a central area, and you mm. might move off and do a little bit up here, and then that shoots you down into this bit. That might then shoot you back into the central area, and then off somewhere else. Yeah, uh, and then you have to come back to that central area and think, well, where do I go next? But it normally, does a very good job of of showing you your destination almost as soon as you move into an area. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, you get into a new area, moving through these. Um, like tunnels i guess um and as the as the beast you kind of get into points little save points and you um inhabit them yeah. plant a part of yourself which then spreads around the area um and you're essentially looking to open up more portals or more tunnels to be able to move through yeah. to different areas and, and you're, to you're trying to escape yeah you're trying to breach every single area in this facility mm. and as you say the way of doing that is to <laughs> to plant yourself like some weird mushroom and <laughs> your tentacles start, you know, yeah, spreading out through the facility and then they just creep into all these crevices and eventually open up portals to new new yep. areas. But yeah, I I, th I feel that it was very linear <laughs> and that's mm. maybe why I never got lost. It's not a 
Metroidvania in the sense that, oh, I've got these new abilities, let me go back and kill some enemies that were in this previous area, or I'm then going to, un I need to go back to this previous area to then go to, to, to progress. It's, it's usually, oh, I've cleared out this area because things are persistent in this game. Unlike most Metroidvanias, when you go onto like a new screen and you go back, all those same enemies are there and you have to kill yes. them all, all over again. It makes sense in this game because you it, you are tearing through this facility and it's like you kill every human in your wake. So mm. it's like it would make no sense why they would respawn and yep. therefore you you have no need to go back to previous levels. Um, even to get to containment units, it's like when you go back, it's like you're seeing all the dead bodies and carcasses that you left behind. So just all of the blood strewn yeah. everywhere yeah. on every single surface that yeah. it can be it is it does have that very visceral brutality mm. to it uh, where you you, you yeah. rip people in half and then you can launch their bodies if you don't eat all of them across the across the mm. room and, and things and uh, i think the fact that it's, it's pixelated makes it a bit more non r rated let's say yeah. but um <laughs> But yeah, the way the people scream as you just like thrashing them about and eating them is it, pretty good. It is very I mean, satisfying. Mm. You do bring up a good point about how you can smuggle themes and adult stuff through bad graphics. Bad yeah. graphics, like somehow we're so used to realism that mm. um, if it's not realism, it, it can be worse, which is very strange when you think about it. Mm. But also, I mean, yeah. it also. I think a lot of it has to do that it harkens back to games like Bad Dudes and whatever, which sort of had really shady underpinnings of personal interactions that were less than stellar mm. as kind of plot points, we'll say. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Yeah, I don't, don't need to don't bring up, these ideas the, into mind. Don't look up the plot to, like, any of those games. Like, I don't know... Double Dragon, don't look at the plot to that, like, yeah, it was pretty, it was a time, anyway, <laughs> but it, yeah, going back to the graphics, you're right, dear. like, when you said bad, you you went air quotes just for people yeah. who weren't um, watching the video, because mm. they are really, really good in this game, and the animation on that, on the, the carrion, on the beast, is insane, like, all these different tentacles like waving about it's it's so fluid and that translates to the gameplay as well the controls yes. it's it's so easy to like you you're, you're taking control of this like huge mass of it's like the blob but more right. intimidating um <laughs> and faster but it, just the way you're moving this honker meter around it, it's so fluid and it makes it has weight to it but the physics, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But the physics, like, they're just so easy to wrangle and take control of. It's it's really mm. good. Mm. You, you, and that's that's one of the, the the cool things about it, especially when you're trying to um, get away from enemies. So if they've spotted you and you get some of those like flamethrower guys, if you're lugging your huge sack around, you can kind of get the first <laughs> part of you up around, under, okay. you know. Past the uh, past the platform, and like one half of you is hidden, and the rest of you kind of follows on behind, and that is mm -hmm. still exposed to, to to being shot. Right, um, and you, you kind of it does some good things as well 
uh, with the idea that you can uh, deposit part of yourself as well. Using all the cool words right now. Um, you can deposit part of yourself nice. and become a smaller version uh, mm. or an earlier version yeah. before you become this big thing. And that then changes up oh, that's the cool. abilities that you can use. So there's a slight puzzle element as well yeah. to, to some of the levels in terms of being like, well, I ha- you know, how do I get past this? Well, I have to kind of break myself in half, move up, use this ability to get past this. Oh, that then actually brings me back around so I can reabsorb that and then move through a different area as the bigger version. So I think it's very clever. And, uh, and as you Absolutely. say, Lucy, the levels are designed very well in, in, in sort of signifying what you've got to do and not being too, uh, not being too obtuse either mm-hmm. in, in what you need to do. I think there's only a couple where I've attempted something maybe two or three times to realize that I needed to do something different and work that out quite quickly. Yeah, it gives you all the visual cues and the mechanics bar you from doing certain things. Like, if if you're like, oh, I need to deposit and be smaller, you'll never soft-lock the game in that way. It'll always make sure that, no, you have to do this in order to sort of solve the puzzle, but... Yeah, going back to how you can like yeah deposit and make yourself bigger or smaller, etc. The I think that's really clever in terms of like the combat, um, because each combat scenario you can you can approach it in different ways. Uh, mm. Sometimes you can go in like bigger, and sometimes you you know just all out balls to the wall. You're going to be seen immediately. You're going to use your strength to kill all the humans, or you can be a bit more stealthy, a bit more sneaky, and just, mm. you know, you've got like this spider web thing where you can shoot a web at somebody and incapacitate oh. them, or what were the other. Oh, I There's don't it wanna, like a punch as well, isn't there? Where you, you, yeah. you, you move your power up and just press your giant <laughs> mass forward at yeah. quite, a, <laughs> quite a harsh pace <laughs> into things. Yeah. And and there's another ability which I don't want to spoil. I don't know if you've oh, even got there, Ben, but I don't want to spoil it. But it's really cool, and it's using the people to do things. Ooh, oh, I, I think I saw that, that in the trailer. Yes, yes. Oh, did you? Like, yes, you can mind control people. Then, yeah. if it's yeah. in the trailer, then you know. Yeah, I was just like, like if I know it's in the game, <laughs> yeah. then I think it's safe to talk about. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got there yet. I've got the um, yeah the ability where you can become um, you can cloak yourself for a very short period of time mm-hmm. um, yeah. as your smaller vo- version. Uh, yeah, I've just been able to turn into worms whilst I move through water, okay. which is changed up. Uh, it, well, it's not changed anything up. It's, you know, before before I got the ability, you're moving through water and suddenly you have all of those um, squares that you can't kind of get past. Which and you think, well, mm-hmm. that's another path down there. How am I going to do that? And it very easily just takes you around, do a bit over here, and then takes you back. You get the ability, and you shoot straight up through those. Yeah. And you know that rather than going left down the path that you'd you've already explored, just keep going and go up, yeah. and, and it, it yeah does it's, lead you very it's, well. It's really streamlined, and it 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 avoids that problem that most games of this type have, where you just get lost all the time, and right. you need to look mm, at the yeah. guide, and this doesn't do that. Because it oh, is more good, linear, but yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It's, I mean, it's really good. Yeah. 
I'm not as rabid a Metroidvania player as you, Lucy. No so one it kind is. of makes me feel uh, <laughs> a little better because it's been a long time since I played one of those. It's like I don't remember. Like, what if I just can't remember the map anymore? Yeah. What if these games aren't great because I'm too dumb to remember there was a thing over yeah. there? <laughs> That's the worst part of the genre, to be honest. Yeah. You yeah, and, and like it's mo- mostly it's. Go on usually need a guide more often than not um, on like one or oh, two right. occasions at least for most games in this genre I think the only, I think I played Metroid was it Zero Mission recently on Wii U which is a remake of the first game that game hmm. was near perfect and didn't need it so it is, but that's very rare when like Bloodstained was criminal for like one or two points mm. like Unless you looked at a guide, you would have no idea where you're going or what you're doing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it's nice that a game can have those like roots of like I I'm feeling more powerful. You know that whole thing that you nerds in your RPGs like. You know the feeling of getting more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but in a four-hour very linear game, that that yep. is reminiscent of like Metro games, but. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what like the length makes me more excited to try it out because although I'm not sort of uh, I, I don't play Metroidvania as often, one of the reasons is that memory theme is like oh, well you know like if it's two to like if it's four hours, uh, even if I forget everything, backtracking doesn't couldn't possibly be that terrible to like find the spot, etc. Mm-hmm. Versus when it's this huge sprawling game, it's like oh for all I know it's like I needed a like I've gone back and forth a million times over where I think it is, and actually I went on the complete wrongs. I've been looking the wrong side of the entire map the yeah. whole time because I just forgot about some tunnel. Try, try playing Hollow Knight without a guide and just being in a like I I, um, I, I was in like a stupor for like a week. I think I, I I don't you know when you have like an out of body experience and just think how did I beat this game? What 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 was I doing? <laughs> that was with me and Hollow Knight. Because okay. it's so easy to get lost in that game and not have a clue what you're doing. It is, yeah, it is. I think that's the the difference between uh, or, or what Carrion does um, different to other Metrovanias is your you you basically have one area to explore and then you move on to the next one. It's not one. It's not kind of yeah. one big map for you to move around unlike Hollow Knight which was just area and then the next area and the next area stacked on top of each other all next to each other you had to kind of navigate your way from the top left corner across to here and then down back across to here and over here and then back up to this way and and it was yeah and I I think with with Hollow Knight um, they do quite well tonally with the different areas so you you know when you're moving and, and maybe roughly kind of on a, on a big map with maybe nine different distinctive areas, you can kind of pick up roughly where you are based on you know the tone and the the aesthetic of. Um... Gosh, that game's so cool! It's such a good game. When's Silk Song coming out? Now. I Not wish now. it was now. Um, probably next year at this point. Mm, I need More that game. I need it. I need it now. <laughs> So yeah. Soon, Lucy. Soon. Yeah, Carrion. Free thumbs up from me. Free thumbs up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where's the third one come from? Well, who knows? 
just this arm appears in the side, just brings <laughs> that next to them. Like. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Well, that's kind of that's all I've been playing this week, and everything's been um, in quite sort of snatched moments, right? Really, even though I'm home alone at the moment, and the wife and little and have gone on a little jolly um, for the last couple of days, I'm just sort of still just working away and only getting those little sessions in right uh, which is just the way of life I suppose <laughs> should have done it when you were taking like a holiday your own holiday so like I'm not going to do That's any it. work they're, they're gone yeah yep. I should have done that maybe next time I think I will do that next time but then uh, more than likely I'll say I'll do it and I'll have this big list of jobs to do <laughs> around the house yeah probably or people will demand of you actual work that you can't avoid. Yes, yes. That's generally what happens. I'll get a phone call and be like, oh, all right, I was going to have the next hour off, but I'll work instead. It's fine. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, Lucy, does that lead mm. us quite easily into, you know, whatever else you've been uh, you've been up to this week, uh, apart from carrying? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start with... In fact, I'll, I'll come to Panzer Paladin last. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's probably the most similar in art style, but mm, not, not mm-hmm. really much else to carry in. Um, I played this game. It's a very strange game called... Is it called Arog? It's A-R-R-O-G. It sort of has, like, an art style that reminds me of... Um, Oh gosh, what's that dev's name? They made that game called Kids. Hold on, let me have a look. Um, which is basically it's, it's basically like this black and white, very strange, very surreal uh, kind of crowd simulator. Um, mm. where, where it's, I think it's basically. Um, I mean, it's very abstract. Uh, so take from it what you will, but I think it's basically a commentary on like society and how mass thought and how none of us how homogenized society is and stuff like that Hold on. Mm. double oh, fine published it okay have a look on it. this double is not that game, when did this come out came out yeah. last year 28th of may 2019 this is kids this is okay. this is something different to a rob but right. it's sort of got that right. kind of art style so mm-hmm uh, like drawn almost on a white paper background kind mm. of thing, mm. except plug and play was their previous game as well. That was weird as hell as well. But anyway, anyway, uh, sort of like got that kind of art style to it, where mm. yeah, as you yeah. say, it's in Arog it's more uh, white uh, white lines on a black background. But um, okay. played it on iOS. It's really short, so know that getting in. Um, but yeah, it's got that kind of like abstract, I don't know exactly what's going on kind of feeling, but it's less, it seems less cynical than kids and it's more like, um, it seems more hopeful and more spiritual in nature. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really short, like puzzle adventure game. Um, the puzzles are, there's, there's no, like, there's not a lot of like, written text or instructions in it or anything so it's really just clicking on the screen figuring stuff out trying to work through these puzzles 
a lot of them are like pretty straightforward so you're not really going to be stuck and I think that ties into its really short runtime. but I enjoyed myself right. with it the puzzles were thought provoking enough to warrant its even though it was a very short runtime, it's not like oh I ran out of things to do or I got bored with it so that was interesting I think it's coming to Steam um, might already be on there but yeah, it's on. It it's already on. Um, yeah, it's on Google Play as well. Oh, good! It's on Android as well. Yeah, mm. it's it's weird. I, I'm not quite sure what the message was, but it did. It did seem something like the circle of life, and you know, very spiritual, very, very hopeful. As I say, not like um, <laughs> whatever playables do, which I'm still not sure what those games are about anyway. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Have you played it? Either of those games, like kids or um, I don't know. It's on my. It's been on my wish list for years. Mm, I think currently, it's about one pound fifty as well. Yeah, so I've got yeah. no excuse really to pick it up. I don't know if I remember kids the game as a game. Oh, I've looked it up and I kind of vaguely recognize it. Yeah, they're yeah, really okay. interesting. Yeah, and the, it's like a bit of physics to them, and like you're controlling. Some of those little blob people, and yeah, they're really short experiences, like what half an hour each. Yeah, really weird, <laughs> almost bordering on disturbing, like kind of experiences. People right. go, "Oh, it's not a game, but it's a game." You know, everything's uh, a fucking game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean that. I, I've decided. Yeah. That there's nothing that isn't a game. And you are the philosopher, so everything stands. I mean, that's actually, there's a thing. I mean, Wittgenstein literally... The gamification of life. Well, I mean, Vix and I pointed out that there you cannot give a definition of a game. Okay. Because any definition you give will have things that we think are games in them mm -hmm. and out of them. Because the games uh, seem like they only share a family resemblance rather than a set of properties. I'm going to go double down on that and say... Give me a thing, and I'll tell you how it's a game. <laughs> uh, writing. Yeah, you're you're there to win points of words on paper. More points and multipliers if they're Boggle. coherent. Boggle. <laughs> Boggle's not a game. You're right. You got me. <laughs> Boggle's fun. I used to like Boggle. Anyway. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you think about games as things done for entertainment or competitive, etc., like, like there, there are things that we think are quintessential properties of games, but then mm -hmm. not all games have them. So I'm just saying you could invert that and say, well, this there is a game that has this property, therefore if this other thing has that property, it must be a game. No, I agree. Right. Who's to say what's I mean, fun and what's not? Yeah. If, is it fun, it's a game. If it's game not fun, it life. could be a game. True. True. I mean, just think I about Call of Duty Blobs 4. People call that a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. No, I don't True. think it is. <laughs> I've never played it, but if I'm going on the phenometer, I'd say that's closer to red than green. But, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, games. Need needlessly <laughs> antagonistic until we'll take a break. For, for needlessly antagonistic. <laughs> Uh, I like how we've 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 pulled away so far from uh, what was it a rog? Oh yeah, mm. not even uh, a rog itself. Just mm. the general idea of those kinds of experiences. Yeah, what's definitely not a game, but is a game. Of course, it's a game. 
Um, but many people will probably say it's not a game. It's a visual novel I've played. Oh. This one I haven't finished yet. I am. I'm in that place where it's like I want to play more, but I want to mm. be in such a relaxed state playing it. I want it right. to be in bed with a cup of tea playing this game. This game's called Necrobarista. Um, it came to Apple I- Arcade last week or the week before, and it came to Steam uh, last week. Yeah, it, it had a like. What, four days of exclusivity on like Apple Arcade. Um, <laughs> it's not cheap though. It's like uh, fifteen I, quid. Yeah. Um, that seems like a lot for something that was a mobile game as well. As all. Well. Uh, excuse me. Am I or I'm just am I just mobile. out of touch? No, no, I just mean that the price, po- <laughs> the expected price point of mobile games tends to be low. Not the quality of mobile games. Oh that yeah, can but, be on but it, that's all. If if it. What you find a lot of is that if it's released on PC and iOS simultaneously or after or whatever, it'll be massively cheaper on iOS. It's like yeah. I bought a game called If Found Today. I got a notification, it's a pound off. It's three ninety nine uh, on sale. On Steam, what's that? £12 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how we... We found the hierarchy because PC games tend to be way cheaper yeah. than their console counterparts. No, but uh, it, I think they know the market they're they're, they're um, you know going into with right you know quote unquote premium games on iOS, and they they drop the price significantly. But um, even so, like I started it on um, iOS and then. It sort of sh- shifted to this first-person thing with, with oh. like touch controls, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go play it on PC." Um, so <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah. I'm regretting that choice. I wish I continued it on iOS because there's very little of that in the game. Um, oh, it was just like the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they are very intermittent. Um, it is very much a visual novel, which I didn't realize. Uh, it's set in. Melbourne, um, this cafe, Australia, Australia, and it's set in this Australian cafe, and it's basically a halfway point um, for people who have died, and then they're looking to pass on to the next world, whatever that world may be. Um, I don't know if this game reveals it or not, because I'm probably about an hour and a half into it, maybe. I think it runs for about five hours. Um... Have you encountered the man that any time anyone asks for a drink, he just goes, beer. 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 (laughs) Coffee? Uh, Coffee? Beer. Beer. No, I mean, Colin, you know, if it's a set in Australia, he would say Foster's because it's Australian for beer. (laughs) (laughs) C-O-B-E. Yeah, they serve coffee and stronger drinks, so that is absolutely accurate, but... uh, (laughs) It's very much a visual novel. I thought there'd be a bit more interaction in it, but probably because I saw like 3D character models in like all the um, pre, you know, pre-release material running up to this. But it is very much a visual novel. You are clicking enter or A or tapping on the screen or clicking the mouse, 
just to progress the dialogue. There's no dialogue choices. You are just letting this mm. story unfold. Right. And that may seem like very passive to some people, but this is probably one of the best examples of a visual novel where it's just like I'm absorbing the story um, because of the whole cinematography and art direction like they have these like still shots still frame shots and then it just switches to like this this short bit of animation and like the camera works sometimes the camera is like it switches from behind this person and then it, it goes to this like really wide shot view of this beautiful looking very hipsterish cafe they say that several times in the game it's very <laughs> uh, you know Brilliant. very independent kind of hipster millennial mid 20s early 30s vibe so um <laughs> at, and it's it's funny it it pokes fun at itself it's not it's not um it's not po face. It doesn't take everything so seriously, but it does have a melancholic tone. It is about death and finding meaning in whatever life you had previously, and like the fear of death and whatever comes after and stuff like that. But it's told in this very light-hearted way. In this, you know, amongst these characters, the like the people that the previous owner of the bar and the now owner of the bar that they basically got a debt to pay and it's like mm. the stress of that whilst you know this 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 new customer who's recently departed and he's come in there and it's like it's just really good writing like fantastic nice. writing that sounds great I, yeah i thought it would be like as i said more interactive like more on the level of like coffee talk or mm. valhalla or something like that but no it's it was very much a visual novel that the first person parts that I was alluding to before, um, it it's basically comes in like every interstitial. It's like it's it's sort of like a play where you're moving around the cafe and you're um, looking at these objects like the coffee machine or this menu or something like that, and you have an option to unlock like more information about the people who are there, the customers and stuff like that, just getting more contextual, like, writing and background and little short stories and stuff like that, but other than that, it, yeah, you are just there for the ride, and so far I'm okay. really enjoying it. I mean, but that yeah. sounds really nice. good. I mean, nice. yeah, it does, especially when the writing's that good. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. And the and look if, of it, I mean, it's making my PC go crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, from, yeah, really. from what I've looked at it, it looks really dynamic. And I think mm -hmm. if that's what you meant by, like, the art style and the the narrative, like, I think that's that's exactly what visual novels have sort of needed. It's it, mm -hmm. We now, you're on, the, you're on a console or a PC, a little computer, which can do dynamic shots. So it's, I think, like, the strength isn't usually... For people like me, at least, like it's not. Oh, I could replay this and see the seventeen endings because that often means that they're not. The writing of the core has to be such that it operates on this branching path. I'd rather have mm. a tight narrative, but a cool presentation. And so it mm -hmm. seems like what you're yeah. saying is kind of what, like my favorite VR experiences that tended to be less dynamic are like moving you around, like making use of the technology to make that part more immersive and more interesting. 
Um, in fact, some of yeah. the best VR I've had is basically you're on rails and on a ba- like a video, but it's just a really well yeah. made thing, right? It doesn't have to be, oh, you're grabbing a thing, like the head tracking, the head movement, the, like that stuff can be enough if it's well done. It sounds like Necrobarista uh, might be like doing that for visual novels, like, hey, mm. we're mm. telling you a story, but this story is best told using this medium, not just like watching an animatic. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And the amount of screenshots I've taken already—it's it's it's wonderful. Like the art style, I can. I think a lot of the the budget was on art style and and writing and. Which you would hope for a thing called a visual novel. Visual novel, yeah. Yeah. I I was just a bit taken aback um i think it's just initial impressions of just being surprised that it's not more interactive i thought this game was more interactive but that might be my own ignorance of not paying more attention to what it actually was and its development but yeah i I, i'm not sad about that (laughs) it's just like oh i thought it was something else but i i don't need that when as you say the presentation is um that captivating so yeah definitely recommend it Dave definitely piqued my interest. Um, mm-hmm. As a as a games. slight aside, uh, mm-hmm. and going back to kind of what we were talking about before, um, with um, the, the the mobile markets and things, um, I I see that a rog, at least on uh, on Android, has been put out by Playdigis, mm-hmm. who have put out loads of stuff. Uh, the Almost Gone, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, Evo Land, Tesla Grad. Uh, cultist simulator but it's also put out dead cells on okay. uh, on android and dead cells is what even even still is like 20 quid on yeah. console on mobile it's seven pound fifty yeah wow and that's a massive it, reduction yeah if it but if the, i can't imagine fear, it's that fun my fear would be not even the control because you can hook up a you know that's you can hook true. up a controller it's how it runs because that game is yes yeah you know the performance of that game you want a steady frame rate for that game yeah so. mm. but, I can see it being problematic mm. you'd have to see how that runs but I imagine that yeah as long as it's well optimised and you've got a good enough phone to carry that then yeah yeah the same like yeah I was just looking um, when I bought your phone just the related games like a lot of Annapurna's games are on there, and mm. yeah, it's great to see these games coming to mobile and just finding a bigger audience as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I, I think it's it's very clever of them to try and delve into all of these markets as well, because look at some of the uh, you know maybe not the UK scene as such, but lots of other countries where. Uh, where their mobile markets uh, for games are just so much bigger. Um, you know, you go to China or South Korea or something like that, and their their mobile markets are, are massive. Um, so it makes sense for people to try and push and uh, not work with the limits of kind of just one platform, uh, but try and push your product over a spectrum of different devices and and platforms and things. So mm-hmm. it can only ever be beneficial, really, for uh, for a developer. Maybe not so much for a game, because as you say, mm. Lucy, some games may chug a little bit and things. But 
better for a developer to be able to put their name out there to be able to get you know hit another market get another um, source of income to be able to move on to the next project or just developing their tech a little bit to then work a little bit better on these other platforms and things yeah it's I hope we get there, and I hope... I mean, just being able to play these games on, like, iOS... I mean, I've always played a lot of mobile games, but like now playing console-level games on mobile, I just wish they offered more options, because, you know, when I looked into the options for Necro Barista on PC and iOS, it's like... Okay, I can change just so much more on PC. I can change, you know, resolution yeah. and stuff right. like that. And I don't know if this game is anti-aliasing, but let's just say anti-aliasing as a, you know, as an example. It's like, why can't I just change? I mean, a lot know, of that has to do with the fact that the the uh, SDKs don't have yeah. access to those layers of the OS, right? Yeah, I just wish they did. <laughs> oh, agreed. Yeah, completely. I mean, that would be fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, should I talk about Panzer Paladin after we crack a beer? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let me just yeah. do Good a rinse. Good thinking. Right. What's your rinsing oh. at all, Lucy? Mm. What, are you, what are you opening? Another Brew York, wasn't it? Two well, this week. Yeah. Another Brew York. This one is called Muffin Else Matters. Oh, very good. Is, yeah. Excellent name. Uh, blueberry Pastry Stout, which is 8.5%. Oh, I need to go and got turn Kirk on Hamlet the light. On the front just shredding away. <laughs> uh, what is on the front? I need to turn on the light, so I'll do that <laughs> as I'm pouring this. Oh, did the sun set on you? The nerve. Mm, I dare it. Um, is, this, is this another poem? Trust I seek and... I, you know what? I'm not even going to bother trying to read. It's too dark. I mean, it, it's already it already sounds metallicery. <laughs> yeah. Just in that yeah. the first two but, words you you read. <laughs> Muscovado sugar, molasses, all the blueberry and all the vanilla combine in this super luscious blueberry pastry stout, and muffin else matters. Uh, hops is CTZ T90. Um, Malts, pale, flaked barley, flaked oats, crystal 150, crystal 400, chocolate, carafa free, honey malt. Uh, ingredients, blueberry, muscovado sugar, hops, vanilla, yeast. It is swaying very much towards sweet, fruity, and decent mouthfeel, just like the last one, so... Another fruit, blueberry, mango. This, this I'm, mm. I'm apple. I'm my five a day here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right, um, you've got your theme. You've got your theme going. I've got a, I've got a strange theme this week in that my cans are, are quite green. Doesn't look quite green on the, uh, on the screen there. No, it looks kind I've of black. For a, I've gone for a, a sort of a slightly greenier theme. Uh, but the the second beer. I am drinking is from Leviathan. It is called Instinct of Survival. It is uh, 6.3% IPA with a Qanot and Citra. That's all the ingredients it gives me. Um, water, water, barley, oats, hops, yeast. Doesn't tell me what each of those things are specifically. Doesn't give me any flavour text whatsoever. It's just got a cool 
in the woods X file esque. Yeah, that's a type good way of putting image in files on yeah. the front. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm gonna crack it open. I suppose. Ado, right. What have you got next? I've got another more live beer. Okay. More live beer. It's the Claudia Hoppy Ooh. Wheat Beer. That's a nice beer. A light 4.5%. Uh, Claudia, combining our chosen elements of German, British, and American brewing into this happy, hazy, hoppy wheat ale. Pure, real, loud. <laughs> Taste our brewing philosophy in one beer. Uh, that's all they say. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, naturally can conditioned with live yeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a 4.5% standard 330ml can. Is it, a, it? It's Claudia a wheat beer? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. that's just what yeah. that's, that's Hoppy it. Hoppy wheat there. beer. Yeah. Hoppy wheat beer, okay. Yeah. I haven't, again, the same as raw. Well, uh, I, I haven't had a more beer for, for a while. I know you and I. Um, cracked about four between us on an episode several several was that even this year maybe yeah. um, that's probably the last time I had, had a beer from them uh, even though the bottle shop I think stocks them pretty regularly, pretty regularly. I'm not sure whether they've had any in I think recently. I've um, I, I think it's one of those things where you get used to looking for beers you might not get regularly and because mm-hmm. I see more in places I'm like oh I shouldn't get a more because what about this other thing I might not be able to get at a bar and then I do that consistently to the point where I don't have it often enough <laughs> yes yeah I know exactly what you mean uh, Lucy you've returned I have sorry 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 it's alright it's alright what's the mango beer sorry Oh, what's your beer like? What's it like? Have you had it yet? Have you tasted it? Is it open? The blueberry? No. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy using the loo. Only on the light. I like three birds with one stand. I think that's pretty good. Yep. Oh. Ooh. Look at this colour. Oh, wow. Mm. That is rich. Got like is... a ruby hue to it. Yeah. It's not blue. Ooh. Oh, it's almost That's it's like almost a bit porty. Wine. Yeah, yeah, porty, yeah. Exactly. Mm. Massive creamy head there though. Oh, I haven't looked port for ages. Ooh. Yeah, getting those nice coffee notes on this mouth. Hmm. Yeah, coffee, chocolate. Ooh, that smells good. Very rich. Um Yeah, I'll taste it, see what this is like. Yeah. Already sounds like it's going to be just full of flavour. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, getting a massive hit of coffee. It was actually surprising. It was like, oh my god, almost like just came out of my ears and my nose and everything. Like that <laughs> coffee, like that. Hmm, that is interesting. Definitely getting the fruit, the, the like blueberry for sure. It, it's definitely got that like blueberry muffin kind of taste to it because you're you're getting like this kind of Moorish, slightly malty, bready taste as mm. well. So that just helps the the muffin um, kind of reference. But 
yeah, but I'm gonna go in for another sip. It's, it's just fascinating. There's so many interesting things going on. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. What um, while you're sipping, what style was it? It's a pastry stout. Right. Yeah. A lot of sweetness at the start, but like slight mouth coating sweetness, but it gets paired back by that coffee, that chocolate at the end. Yeah, this is really, really good. Nice. If someone said blueberry muffin on a tin, then this would be it. Yeah, it's, it's just pulling everything from that. The sweetness, the fruitiness. As I say, a nice bit of Moorish breadiness to it as well. Uh, I know between between the, the two beers that you've had, the, mm-hmm. um, the mango beer had um, tonka beans in it yeah. as well. This tastes more um, like it's got tonka beans in it. I was going to say that because I know that said it had vanilla in it rather yes. than beans. Yeah. No yeah. no tonka beans in this one. And, and it, that first sip, it did very much bring me back to the Tonkoko stout um, mm. that Brew York do, which is probably one of my favourite stouts ever. Yeah. It just brought me back to that. But no, no, no tonka beans in it. There's no lactose. Oh, no, there is lactose in this one. Sorry. Yeah, there is. Um, but it's not... I'd say it's this is sweet. like even... No, no. It's, it's got that sweetness at the start, but that that seems like it's more attributed to the fruit rather than... Oh, so like lactose might just be there to bring that sweetness a little higher so it melds well? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I like mm. when I see... So I've had a few beers now where I've had lactose that you wouldn't be able to spot. Mm-hmm. Like they're using it at a much more subtle level than you usually get. And like... The standard thing is like a milk stout, where it's like, yep, this has yeah. lactose in it. It's sweet. It's sweet in a way stouts normally aren't. And so this sounds like they're sort of the next, sort of like a level of nuance below that, where it, it's there, so it must be doing something. It's going to do something sweet because the lactose isn't being eaten by the yeah. yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not tasting lactose sweet. No, no, you're exactly right. Because, yeah, in the previous beer, the lactose was there and it's like that combined with the oats it did make it have that kind of viscosity and that that fullness to it whereas Mm. this it's 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 not i'd say it's maybe a bit lighter than the previous beer in terms of like its body um you can't tell it's 8.5 percent it's just so easy and yeah if it was just stout it would probably just you know like a like the Tonkoko stout, it would probably take longer to drink, but mm, as I right. say, that fruitiness gives it that kind of freshness and it makes it lighter um, and not so heavy. So this this will be gone soon. Nice. Mm, my five a day. Why can't all five a days be this good? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. it. You just, I mean, you could probably get it in one can if, uh, if someone works hard enough just to, to get it all down. Fruit salad, beer, you can get everything mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Oh. So, Leviathan. Uh, I think that I, I do remember the last Leviathan beer I had was a nice big um, bitter boy. Um, this one has a very light nose, a little bit of citrus, a little floral hit to the nose as well. But it does give me a a piney sense as well. There's, there's, I don't know whether it's just that citrus. And that that floral kind of note to it, which just melds together to make something a little more 
piney uh, or, or just that association with kind of knowing that, that, that in other products that that when you have something that's piney you kind of get that citrusy sort of hit to it as well <clears throat> but it's definitely got that little little note to it I like pineyness some of this mango mm. beer I think that was when I was saying bitterness I think it was more piney and that was what okay. was bringing yeah. it back down from that sweetness so, so this one it's um it's very very light it's like super straw colored and mm. uh, it isn't kind of hazy you can just see you can just make out my finger behind the glass as well mm. it hasn't got that uh, thickness to it uh, again the head disappeared on this really quickly mm. and the flavor matches the nose quite well getting some nice citrus in there it has got that slight uh, uh, bridging element between the citrus that you get sort of straight away and then that piney finish and that does come through as something a little bit more floral uh, it's not um, it's not big kind of perfumey floral notes mm. it's just something that merges quite well between the citrus and the and the pine uh, all that, nice. that piney bitterness kind of on the end and whilst it isn't Whilst it isn't big and in your face like the last Leviathan beer I had, the the beerness is still quite pronounced. You know, it is a big piney flavour, but it's not taking over my mouth. It's not like sort of knock your socks off. It is it is dominating the flavour, let's say. So the citrus comes in, there's that, that bridging kind of floral note, and then it is pineness. Piney bitterness. It doesn't quite have the um, kind of resinous mouthfeel that I, I feel that it kind of um, that kind of would match very well mm. with these sort of flavors going through. But it's not super, and you know, for the for how sort of transparent it is, it's not a thin beer whatsoever. There's definitely a slight. Not viscosity, but a, a, a little kind of oily mm. feel to yeah. the to the to the beer as well, uh, which maybe again helps with that that transition through from nice citrus into that slightly more bitter piney finish. Um, but it flows very well. It's made very very well, yeah. uh, and it's giving me it's giving me a lot without doing too much. What was the name of that so, beer? Because I might have just uh, missed in, it. Instinct of Survival. Okay. And it's got a yeah. kind of X Files y type nice. label. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Aru. Yes. How's it been? Uh, I don't know. I haven't done um, <laughs> It's quite a bit lighter in the nose. So, Lucy, this is the Claudia. It's a hoppy wheat beer. Ooh. They put British, American, and German hops in it, but they didn't tell us which ones. This and sounds you, uh, like everything I want, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's um, it's really light on the nose, but you get you do it does obviously um, smell like a hoppy white beer. There's a slight like, there's that like tart citrus lemoniness on the nose again, mm. but it's pretty pretty subtle. And I want I'm now I realize that given that these are both 
Both of these are li- can um, carbonated, live carbonated cans of beer. I'm wondering if that's why the nose is so light, because there's just less of the carbonation in it. Like, they're quite a bit flatter than the other beers you normally get in mm. cans, because obviously there's no nothing input. Um, ooh. Yeah, so having said that about the... Um, Carbonation. It's it, both of them. Uh, this I think is actually a little flatter, but I'm sure that's gonna be a bit of a dice roll. Then the other one, which is a little unfortunate, because uh, bubbles do help wheat beers sort of bring out those flavors. Mm. Um, oh, it's a really tasty beer, though. It was like a quintessential wheat beer. Um, a little bit of that lemony tang you get. Um, the wheat is clearly there. Um, and also, I think it's just sort of wider in the flavor profile than the previous beer. Mm-hmm. So it's lingering longer and there's more things going on. It's, um, what else is there? Um, I kind of want to keep saying it's this quintessential wheat beer, but a little flat. <laughs> like, it, it's just sort of hitting all the wheat beer notes. And like I said, there's so that slightly slightly artificial lemon um, lemony note on the nose, which I think is just because it's alcoholic and has that lemoniness, which just reminds me of cleaning fluids. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't taste like cleaning fluids. Good. That's, Good. That's a shame with the flatness, though, because, like, when I think of a wheat beer, I just think something on a sweltering hot day, I want it to cool me down, have that kind of pop and fizz to it. You know, exactly. Like, like Blue Moon is saved me on many a day where there's been no of them like beers yeah you want something nice blue moon yeah yeah that's that's sort of the thing that like uh, what i'm noticing is i'm sort of having to dig consciously through some of those tasting notes to be Mm. like no this 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 isn't not a wheat beer it's just the flatness is making some of those notes not pop like literally mm. not pop, mm. um, and that's a shame because it's really tasty. But like, yeah, like, like there's this perverse idea that you've put in my head, which is there's a soda stream right there. <laughs> no, that 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 might no no no. I'm not do gonna do it. A little bit of it. We need to Maybe just it. the last kind of like yeah. couple of inches. Oh of man, I don't know why I shared this end. perverse idea. Now I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah, just probably gum up the works. Soda stream. <laughs> So the stream. So um, the yeah, stream. I'll do it a little later. Yeah, you know when it's just um, mostly backwash and sediment. Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm. You know what makes backwash and sediment go down easier? <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> perfect. A perfect point for us to move on. Uh, back to uh, back to you, Lucy. Mm. Yeah, I won't talk too much on. Panzer Paladin. It came out probably about a week ago. Um, I won a code on Twitter, so that was nice. Um, oh, it's that is nice. Yeah, it was very nice, very convenient. Because I do, I had my eye on this game. I was like, "Well, that looks pretty," and then it came out out of nowhere. It, it, I think I knew it was coming out like two months ago. <laughs> it just came out, and it's like, "Oh." Two months happened. Where did that time go? Nobody knows. 
just no. lots to time. Well, yeah, it, I mean, mm. it was the, it's just the months to have no meaning. <laughs> Two months could have been seven years. We'll never know. <laughs> there's Netflix kind of shows about time this loop. time dilation thing. True. God, there's going to be so many shitty Netflix shows. Uh, uh, t- t- apparently, when did I read it? Was it on like Kotaku or something yesterday? Uh, there's there's love in the time of Corona, um, a dating a coronavirus dating show that is already coming out. Oh no! So they've got you covered, a deal. Uh, oh no! At least that will give me some good uh, game time when Kim watches all of that shite. <laughs> no, on, uh, yeah, but on then, Netflix. then you're going to be playing the game show that you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds. There's going to be read... like visual novels, right? Like I, mm. I, I read the synopsis and I was like, I do not need to watch this trailer. Like... They were like, here's the second trailer. I was like, no, I do not want to watch this. Oh god, my brain totally misunderstood what you said and i thought you meant mm. the trailer that comes after the 31st trailer the 32nd yeah. trailer and i was like Boom. how many trailers no no, no 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 that wasn't a joke my brain it's literally went 32 it's, trailers they, what they don't, they don't put the uh like in video games it's like here's the trailer to announce we're gonna i mean they, they really do do that in movies right the seventeenth teaser, and then the theatrical, and the Japanese theatrical teaser. The it's the teaser for the Japanese theatrical yeah. trailer. Yeah. Speaking anyway. of Japanese panzers and paladin, and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Panzer paladin. Yeah, it's a two D pixel art. How many times there has to be a drinking game where it's like. <laughs> If we just piece together. No, she said 2D drink. Yeah. She said pixel yeah. art drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait yeah. for a Metroidvania, then finish your drink. <laughs> it, it, this one, apart from it, this, this is less Metroid y, it's more Contra, Mega Man, okay. Master, Master okay. kind of. Mm. So, like, ac- action platformer? Yeah, action platformer. I think that's probably the best way to describe it, spot on. But, um, yeah. Y- you're going through these. It's level by level. You're this like th- there's very little backstory. I don't even know why they put stories in these things. They're like it's just like what's the point? Nobody's paying attention. It's not what you come to these games for. But um, yeah, it, you're like this female androidy kind of thing, and she pilots a mech. Oh. The mech is it's like this mech suit thingy, and it's like this this is what you're playing most of the game as but you can come out of the suit um and there are certain times where you have to because there's like small little you know entryways that only she can fit through and stuff like that it's very like blaster master in that sense but um and she has like much less hit points than the mech so it's always beneficial to stay in the mech but this game has a lot of interesting ideas um but it can be frustrating. And okay. I've stopped playing it uh, I, 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 because I'm like halfway through and I just read on Steam. It's like, oh, you're, there's a bug that doesn't carry your progress after this certain point. So I was like, I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> gonna, you know, if you quit out of the game, it's like, even it though it says, away. yeah, even though it says like, well, if you quit out of the game, you can still hop back in. And apparently there's a bug where it's like, no, that absolutely doesn't happen. So I'm not <laughs> playing until it's patched, but... I'm yeah. at the halfway point, which I thought was the end point, and I would have been happy if it was the end point. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Dear. 
But the first half of the game, you're going through the, I think it's ten levels, um, all set in different parts of the world. The art style's fantastic. Um, the animation's really good as well. And each like uh, location, you go into like Tanzania, Scotland, oh, Russia, wow. USA, etc. Um, Quite varied in its locations. Yeah, they're varied in terms of the backgrounds and like yeah. the uh, music that accompanies each uh, setting. And they are like, oh, Egypt, there's like quicksand and in Switzerland there's a bit of icy floor and the boss level and stuff like that. And it's, you're on a train going through like the Alps and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really diverse in terms of like backgrounds and stuff and some of the mechanics but the enemies are just really palette swaps um mm -hmm. most of them are just like throw away like it's just like yeah i one slash they're done so right. it's it's the game is easy in terms of its combat but then where i get frustrated is when it's like okay you're only putting two checkpoints in this game one at the halfway point and one right before the final boss. Oh yeah. But it's somewhere in between these <laughs> the start of the level and like the halfway point, you've got this really stupid jump or this thing that looks like a pit of a spikes, but it's a, and spikes don't kill you in this game like a lot of retro games, but oh. it's not actually a pit of spikes. It's actually oh if you hit this you, you fall through the level and once you you know, once you it's basically falling into a pit. Like an unescapable one. Right. Yeah. And you're sent back all the way to the start of the level. It, it looks like... And so many times I was like, if I knew that was just a pit and not actually, you know, I thought it was spikes, I'd have just right. taken the damage and carried on. But no, you're, you're telling me it's a pit, inescapable pit, and I'm going all the way back to the start. And... Oh, that's... Yeah, because that, yeah. that's deceiving the contract you have with the... Yeah, the player and the and the designer mm -hmm. that like these things won't won't ruin your day. Yeah, there's just a tiny. There's just some things that are off. Like you get like when you get hit, you're flashing, and that usually means like I've got some invincibility frames. It's like I'm right. invincible for a few seconds. It's like no, if you get hit whilst you're flashing, you still get hit anyway. It's like wait, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you still take so they, damage. They, so the 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 flashing is just hey by the way you got hit recently yes, yes. and it's not oh cool you story bro <laughs> it's not you are invincible for this amount of time it's like no here's here's you getting hit I guess if you're playing mouse and keyboard I don't know why you do that but maybe that's the visual representation but it, it vibrates when you're on controller so I yeah it's got it's got some it's got some quirks to it that. I don't appreciate, and it—it—it's it, just like it—it it could have been so promising because it's got some really cool ideas in it, like the, the as I said, like the blaster master thing—you you get out your suit from you know now and then, and there's this really cool thing where it's cool on paper, but in execution it doesn't quite work. The 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 kind of like. Not currency, but the, the, it's very much built around like the weapons you have. There are all these different weapons, um, and they have their different perks. Like, oh, this a this mace will give me um, 
attack an attack boost or attack up and this this sword will you know help my durability go up or something like that and you collect all these different weapons um, throughout the levels and then when you're when you're in the main menu you can go to this laboratory and you can basically scrap them for extra health uh, but the inverse of that is if you run out of weapons whilst you're in the game it, I, I think it'd be very hard to because I found this game a bit easy in terms of the combat side and yep. it, it, right. if you run out of weapons which I did and I was like hmm I'll keep going with it you're basically mm. just punching the end boss instead of using <laughs> any weapons and it makes no sense and it's like I, I like at one point I died <laughs> right before the, like the end boss I was, I was cruising and right. then I died because I fell into a pit of spikes or something and then it's like okay fantastic <laughs> and now I have like no weapons and mm. I'm <laughs> either I have no weapons or when my suit gets damaged, I can still carry on as the android girl, but she has like two hit points, and she's tiny, she's minuscule, and you're just... Mm -hmm. I did have to beat bosses, like, just whipping them from, you know, from across the screen as this tiny little android girl, <laughs> and it's <laughs> the, the balance isn't quite there, and it's a shame, because they have cool things like, oh, to, to, to activate a checkpoint, you have to sacrifice one of your weapons like sort of like shovel oh, knight like interesting. that's a cool moment yeah. yeah like shovel knight like when he uh he bursts bubbles isn't it it's like you can burst the bubble and activate the checkpoint or you can just walk <laughs> past it not accept the checkpoint and get more treasure or something like that so or a higher score but yeah it's it's a shame because this like shovel knight has like the the downward thrust um you can like pogo stick on top of enemies. You can like poke them from underneath and stuff like that. Yep. So it feels good for the most part, apart from jumping as the mech, and that's what causes me the most deaths, which is frustrating mm. as hell. It feels so sluggish and slow sometimes at the worst part. There's like a minecart level, which is, as we all know from like, <laughs> oh my God, really? Donkey really? Kong, this seems like a very packed thing. game. It's got a lot of ideas, and a lot of them <laughs> pay off. The ones that you know won't, like, everyone knows the minecart levels in every game are the worst thing in the world. We already know this. This is established. I mean, that's why Minecraft like, doesn't even have carts. And it's about mining. They figured it out. I, fucking don't at me if there's carts in Minecraft, it, it people. Definitely I, don't, I don't know. I don't there care. definitely is. They, well, you don't use them, do you? Yes. For what? I, I thought you just railway. made the Enterprise and, <laughs> and some sort of computer that played Doom. Isn't that what Minecraft is? I saw that. <laughs> um, yes, but if you're not as clever <laughs> as those people, not nearly as clever, you you make you make a railway with redstone, and that's what I did. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I made a cool-looking house. Yeah. So that like, means I played, like... Five hours. Or a castle. Um, or the whole Oh no, I made like a little mod like once I got world. like glass I realized I could make a cool like more like mid century type looking thing because it'd be blocky but have big glass panels. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, what I did, yeah. I had a yeah. hot and heavy love affair with uh, Minecraft for when it came to Vita. Minutes. 
Ooh. Oh, I never played it on Vita. Yeah, I, I the last it, time uh, I played <laughs> Minecraft was when I had VR hooked up to a computer that could VR huh? because they gave away the Minecraft VR for free. Uh, and I was like, Minecraft boy, this VR. is weird. And then I never played it again. I mean, of course it's not the same game. It's VR, kind but, of bewildering. Uh, yeah. I, I, I played it the other day just for um, reward points. And it's like, oh, my achievements are like, because it's a new, newer version than when I played in like I don't know, two thousand fourteen or when, whenever it was. It's yeah. Like, oh, I have none of these achievements. Maybe I should get back into Minecraft. Because <laughs> too many games no, out there. No, Lucy. No. <laughs> it, it's a shame. I, I wish I because I actually played a little bit of State of Decay and I was, I was like, oh, yeah. this game's pretty good. State of Decay too. Like I played mm. the first one a little bit, but. It's very systems heavy, but mm. since like it, it actually looks like those games are known for like jank and stuff like that. But since they put like an update out, it actually looks really good. You know, like some of the animations and like the, the graphics and stuff. I was like, should I play State of Decay? Yeah, if you, if you want to. I I don't know. <laughs> and no, There's no, it's it's literally that simple, Lucy. I, I can't. <laughs> Nope, like, nope, but, that's it. Don't want to play it, don't play it. It's, it's inst- what I do want to try is that Grounded game that came out today. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I was not convinced by that game at all until I saw uh, the, oh, the recent trailer game. for it. The Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game. Mm. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. I love that seemed I interesting, but also a survival game. I, I... Yeah. I will probably play it for five minutes to get some reward points and never pick it up again. Like Bleeding Edge, you remember that? No, nobody does. But, <laughs> no, um... but I mean, I don't get reward points games anymore. I you could I briefly when I had an it. Xbox had a dalliance with playing random games. You could you could get Game Pass. You could pay for Game Pass like that for a pound. No, you could literally pay. Your game pass off with rewards points. Oh, right. Mm. It takes me five a... minutes to get like two hundred points a day. Oh, really? Less than five minutes, which is twenty you pounds. Do all, you but you do all you... your Bing, your Bing searches. Yeah, I, I literally go. You play your games. I go like that on a keyboard for maybe thirty seconds, and then got all those points. All right. Done. Well, you know. Sure. I'm earning bank with. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, uh, given that you both have Game Pass, uh, what makes me think of getting it is oh, I might be able to play games with you guys now that I have a PC that's slightly better than one that doesn't have a graphics yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, because everything's cross-play with yes. PC. Xbox. Yeah, cross-play. so as long as it's on PC Game Pass, we could. so we could probably all play State of... Decay two together. Yes, I think you can. Yeah, you cross-play. Well, that would be a reason to play State of Decay if you guys were playing. No, State that that makes me not want to play it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love how our. What's our... wrong with playing games with us? It's well, it's, so it's just the generic anybody. multiplayer idea that Lucy hates. Mm, I cannot stand it. Well, I'm like a game I can play with my friends. I might actually play a game. Yeah, but you're no. you're you're not no. an Asbo. So. <laughs> so. Oh no. Perfect. Yeah, right. That, that's Panzer Paladin. It, it's yeah. fun, but 
Oh yeah, I forgot we were talking about that. Have some downsides. Let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Adam, what do you want to talk about this week? Um, what have you got for us? I've played two different games. Oh, one of them with one Ben Nother. Oh yes. I refuse to believe it. Uh, and the other one uh, is coming to early access on Steam on Friday. Oh, okay. Um, this so, is the most excited I've been in years. What Before that a game is coming to early access? <laughs> you uh, yeah. So, so the devs <laughs> sent us a review code of uh, Banners of Ruin. Oh yes. Uh, which is a card-based roguelike strategy game. Alright, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Just thank you, goodbye. No, I'm um, Steam. Montebero. Yeah. Not a developer name. Um, it, art style's pretty nice. Um, yes. it's really bare bones. Um, so like, um... It you you basically just get this screen for it's like yeah two screens one is one with sprites and either a, le- a front um row or a back row and then you're fighting enemies in the front row or back row and you can mm-hmm. have up to three so like maximum is like nine baddies or nine goodies. I um, think what we always forget to remember to to say first off on this podcast is that mm. this has animal people. I was about I was about mm. to say it is it is <laughs> a roguelike in a where you're like in some sort of medieval thing that there's you're clearly rebellion rebellious of or some sort. Uh the tutorial starts you off as a otter like thing and then you find a bear. Um, uh and then tenet. um um then when you they're, they're woodland creatures, yeah. So like mm. the the one you have a couple oh, paths. I've only put a couple hours into it, but like I died on the tutorial level because it said, "Do you want to start this elite fight?" And I was like, "Sure." Fight's a bit okay. <laughs> I just got fucking trounced, <laughs> just <laughs> ruined. Um, and then I was like, "Cool." I guess I won't start with the same tutorial people. And then I chose the bear and hare. So I had a, a bear who was like a one-handed axe and a. Shield, and then, uh, no, not even a bear and hare. It was a bear and an otter or something. Uh, or no, no, sorry, a hare and an otter. Or a beaver. Beaver and hare, that's what it was. <laughs> God. It sounds like the Pocahontas color of the wind. Yeah, uh, and, and the, the, and the, and the, the otter are my yeah, friends. The beaver. The <laughs> and stuff and things. Yeah. Uh, the beaver has a two handed sword. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I did much better. Basically, your your run is like like thirty cards to a, a, a like forced fight, uh, thirty cards to a forced fight, and then thirty cards to a, a dungeony wall. Presumably, that's like the castle. Um, mm. Damage is persistent across fights. Nice. Um, each fight, mm. you have your character has a certain amount of stamina, and a certain each round of fighting, they have a certain amount of skill. So you draw your four cards for the turn, and then you pick which character will play a thing. And it's like, this thing costs two skill and one stamina. Which means, if you've used up all your stamina for that that combat, like, that fight entirely, you can no longer... That card is just dead. And it's one of those, like, use up all the cards, 
and then when you can't draw anymore, it shuffles and gives them back until you either die or beat that beat the uh, opponent. Um, so that part it was pretty standard. Some interesting mechanics like bleed and poison and whatever. Also, you know, like there are like cards that are like um, do X damage if you have someone of the same race. Do X more. So it's like oh, if you make a like a party of like all rabbits. They will all be better if you have these cards that have sort of racial buffs and stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, this, this sounds so much like SteamWorld Quest. It's like if you if you had said ani- robots instead of animals, I'd be like, oh, it's 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 pro it's pro. So the thing is, in SteamWorld Quest, you had a world where you ran around, mm-hmm. and so the other screen when you're not fighting is literally three piles of cards, mm-hmm. and they're like, what do you want to do? Like they're really leaning into the cards thing, and it's like. Each card will have a number over it, and it'll be like, do you want to go to the tavern? It has a one. Uh, do you want to deal with the guards in a fight? Oh, it has yeah. a two. Do you want to do this other thing? And when you pick you pick one of the three piles, and that goes mm-hmm. gets rid of that card, and then everything that had a number increments down, which means you can't avoid fights for too long if the numbers are shuffled correctly. So it's more yeah. like um, Slay the Spire in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's much more like Slay the Spire, except you can't see your path. It's just these piles of cards, oh, and then this okay. little thing that says you're coming closer to a sword, and then there's another chunk of cards, and then another sword, and another chunk of cards, and then a castle. Well, um, like I didn't like running around the world too much in Steam World Quest. So, like, yeah, this being more streamlined is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. It, I'm hoping because it's. I'm, I'm obviously working off a of beta, and they're hitting mm-hmm. early. Like I'm pre early access, which you know, boys the world messed up where you're reviewing pre-early access but i found the combat screens really pretty and like it's very simple like it's one of those things where the sprite goes and then whoever gets hurt goes they don't actually like like the the swings don't connect it's not like battle chess it's It's just like yeah it's just like and then like little status icons come up yeah yeah you don't need all that animation yeah, and I think that works really well, and it looks really pretty. Yeah, they put why enough I, in like, like de- details in the um, sprites in the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But then, because all of the like, because you're basically just picking one of three cards, and those cards can have beautiful art, but then the background is kind of simple. So you just have these three piles, and then a lot of kind of dead space, and then this generic path above, and you're it's just not quite engaging enough visually. Like I feel like they just need to do mm. some tweaks so that it feels like you're traveling through a world versus I'm kind of just clicking through. Um, But basically the way the key to combat is you have like a shield defense and all damage will go through the defense before it hits your health. So really a large part of the game was, I I get why they give you like the beaver and the hair build because there's, it starts with a whole bunch of cards that give you new shields. So you can spend willpower on a turn to get five shields, which means because, again, unless you go to a tavern or, like, happen to get a card that says, heal 50%, you don't heal. And once the character dies, it dies. And if you, okay. as you level up, you get char- you get um, character-specific cards to get added to your deck. But if you yeah. lose the person, you lose those cards. Right. So it's got, like, sense. layers of mechanics where you're leveling your um, characters... And every time you level up, you can choose to give them an extra willpower or an extra stamina. And every second time they level up, they'll get a card. 
or a passive ability. So I went heavy mm. into, on my big run, I went heavy into both my characters. Um, one had, whenever it uses a card, it um, throws poison on someone random. And the other one was whenever it does damage, it, it poisons that person. And the hair had has a handful of cards that are like, hit hit once three times. Because some of the abilities are like, it gets like a, a thing a thing that stacks where every time it hits, you add two. So the idea is you try and get it to add two, two to each of its hits, and then you do a multiple hit thing. Yeah. And then the meanwhile the two-handed sword beavers is like smack it really hard. So that one I just I I that one I I put all my points into um willpower cuz then every tur- every one of my turns where I'm drawing five cards um I can make it use a card even if it's just to draw new cards or give the other guy like the the stacking ability and then it randomly poisons on the way. Meanwhile the the rabbit is just trying to hit you use as many attacks as possible to also poison. Um, so yeah, so the idea is then, and things like poison do direct damage, so it hits their vital, their health, even if they have shields up. But it becomes this balancing game of, you kinda have to make sure you have enough cards that keep your shields up, because as soon as they break through your shields, all the damage is just hitting you, and you don't know when the next time you'll hit a heal part. And so the end of my, right before we started, I lost my poor hair. I haven't gone to a tavern and spent all my money hiring a bear, who was really great. But also, I didn't get the frontline backline things right, so he was like had sixty shields and no one was attacking him because I put him in the wrong place, and everyone else just got fucking creamed. I also didn't know how to move people around properly because that part of the those tooltips and stuff just aren't quite there right now in the beta. Mm-hmm. So, same thing with, like, looking at your deck. You just have to know that you can click on the stack of card icon at the top of the screen when you're not in a fight, and that'll show you all your current cards. But when you level up a character, it's like, pick one of these three cards. And I'm like, and or pick, do you want to give them stamina or willpower? I'm like, how many cards of mine do I actually have stamina if? I think it's just two. So, like, they only ever really come up once per fight, so I don't really want to waste points there. But now I don't know. I have no idea how to look at my cards. I don't know how to make this decision. <laughs> the only cards I can see are the ones about this character, or I cycle to the next character, and the ones I've earned for this one. So there's like some some growing pains on just making information, which it turns out you can get to just clearer, um, whether it's a tooltip or, or a shortcut. Like, honestly, I think when you're in the upgrade menu, there should be a button that says, view your deck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good. I think these kind of these games kind of live and die on their menu systems a little bit. Um, if they're not easy to navigate and you can't easily access uh, stuff like that in between fights and and, and things. And uh, other side did a very you know like the first tutorial after I'd done um, a, a brief combat encounter. It went straight into the tutorials on the menu systems. And I was like, go here to look at this, go here to look at this, go oh, here that. to look at this, go here to look at this. And you're like, brilliant. I know my way around this now. That's perfect. I can just kind of discover things as I go a little bit better, uh, explore it at my own sort of leisure. Uh, and, you know, if my characters need to upgrade and level up, I can go and do that. I know where that is. Even though I haven't been able, haven't done it yet, I still know where that is. 
Uh, and I think you can, you know, a well-placed tutorial or even, as you say, just a tooltip. Yeah. Say, go here to do this. Or, a, or even if it's... No menus. Yeah. Games with no menus. Got a point. Strategy, RPG. More, <laughs> menu, more menus, more problems. <laughs> um... Yeah, so so I I mean, I'm kind of a, I'll play more of this. Um, it does remind me of Slay the Spire, which I think probably has deeper mechanics, just from what I've observed. I'm kind of curious. I like the idea of picking up party members as you go, because uh, mm. like you can, because then so in the beginning it was just like, do you want to go to the smithy or go to the tavern? The tavern heals your party for fifty percent. I'm like, well, one of my guys is kind of, I kept leaning towards that, but the smithy turns out to sell like more um so gear so there's gear and there's also like a guy who sells you cards so you can mm-hmm. improve your 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 deck not just on um leveling but also if you just spend your money there but i didn't know that you could hire how often you'd see hiring new people which really sucked because when i lost a person i then hit a place and i had spent money on a new card for him that all died and then i hit a new the tavern to hire people it's like you don't have enough you can't afford any of these people i had enough to afford Someone from the last tavern, but obviously it scales up as you go ahead. It's like, you need 1200 bucks. I'm like, I have three. $300. Cool. I wasted, and I was like, pick here or the smithy or like, it, they tend to give you like good cards together. So it's like, oh, I'll, I'll go hire someone because I think I can get someone cheap and the third body's probably just good. And it's like, nope, you wasted your turn. Also, that opportunity cost is gone. All those, those potential other things, all three cards flipped away. And then it was like, do you want to pick this elite combat, this elite combat, or this elite combat? And I was like, ooh. Oh, and then I just died. Yeah. Just, you know just got ruined. Is that all your party members died at that point? Uh, so, yeah, you the game is over when all your party oh. members are over. God, and it's, right it's proper... Sorry? Right back to the beginning. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, I, only, I played the tutorial and then one run, um, but it does seem like it's that's it. It's they called it a roguelike in the um, Steam description, see, though. I didn't see it in the Steam description because I was looking at that. And I put it on my wish list because it. I love the art style. It's really yeah, nice. It's it's lovely. Good, good, yeah. Like it. This is really basic, but yeah, it looks like kind of Steam World Quest. Um, yeah, I'd say it's kind closer of to um, Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire, just because it's. Mm. more random in the beginning but I, if you i, I, I like yeah. splay 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 the spire that's the one slay the slay the, the, yeah. splay splay. the slayer yeah. <laughs> i like slay the uh spire in terms of like it's i like the mechanics that are going on but it's just like because it's a road like when you see those enemies and those yeah, you know, those same cards and stuff like that. It, it just gets too repetitive, and I I don't like that. I like something with a clear progression, a clear oh, if I mess up in this battle, I can just redo it, not go all the way back to the start. Mm. Mm. In the in the the game's description um, on the the um, on the email or where the email yeah. leads from where we got the code, it does say another failed attempt. Earn tokens after every run to mm. unlock new cards and passives into the game to help oh, you achieve passive. victory. Yeah, okay. So I guess that is part of the roguelite element to it. I just want a 
baby ass baby mode where it's like redo. Because that's what yeah, I mean, Bad North did, and I enjoyed the game tenfold after they rolled in at easier mode. So mm. that's sort of what I was thinking was like, ah, I kind of liked my little rabbit guy. Um, <laughs> and like, to the point where it's like, it's one, I think it's going to be really hard to play with just two characters now that I'm this far in, and it was. But two, yeah. it's like, uh, it's like I kind of like, part of me is like, I think if I played this regularly, as soon as I hit a moment like that where I lost a good character, I, I wouldn't have the urge to just be like, this will be harder, but let's push through. It'd be like, cool, respawn from the start. I'll lose the bear, but maybe I'll get someone closer. Like, uh, like I, I'm a little worried about the balance there on um, feeling like it's worth trying again. Or uh, pushing through, I mean. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is odd that, that the... Um, I'm like, I'm looking at the press kit ish and it's also i like not really being clear about the roguelike thing i read something mm. about it and obviously when i went through the tutorial it was very clear when they die in the game they die in the game uh, mm. but it does so yeah I'm, i am curious about the the roguelite part like what are what is the thing that carries through because obviously when nothing carried through when i started my first run but i had done the tutorial so that might have just been oh actually your money does and so yeah. you'll easily afford a, a, a third character on your next run because you'll just have money left over in fact you'll mm. probably have enough money that when you hit the, the next run you'll hit, be able to afford the fourth or something like that right like but i don't know so um, i'm looking forward to playing a little more uh, it definitely wasn't on my radar before. Um, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And like I said, like what I really liked was when I like when I wasn't just like level up, get a card. It was like oh, add these passives, and I was like oh, both of these guys leveled up, and you're giving. And they both have poison proc passives. I'm like cool. I see how. And then like and then a couple levels like, like later, it was like this guy could like. It's not the greatest ability, but it does layer poisons or a card. But it's like ah, right. But this is a great card, given that I chose the passive for both these other guys. So it's even even though it's just like it's literally just spend a willpower to um, for this turn. Anyone who gets hit also gets a poison, which is garbage. Considering some of them are like do twelve damage, but it's like oh, this is worth it if I've. If I did pick those other two passives, so there's clearly some like design synergy there. Because mm. poison double like every turn. Get, yeah, it sounds like you could really get into tailoring your deck and kind of the build and the characters that you have. Um, so it sounds like it's got a little bit of depth in its uh, in its deck building, or at yeah. least in the way that you can strategize a run through. Yeah, I mean that's what I liked about Slay the Spire. Although I, I have to confess, I didn't. I only did maybe five or six runs of Slay the Spire, so, and then yeah, yeah. it didn't quite like. And I thought it's not like I didn't like it. Like I enjoyed those runs. It wasn't like oh, I'm bored with this. So I, for some reason, I never went back. Compared to Steam World Quest, where I didn't quite finish it, but I got quite far in. I, I just heard anecdotally that Slay the Spire is like. People say, "Oh yeah, I played this games for thousands of thousands of hours," and it's like, I don't think I could play something. Well, I definitely could play something I enjoyed for that long. Like hell, I've played Hitman for what three hundred. Yeah. But I don't think I could play something that I saw like 
the repetitiveness in that mm. early in the game. If I was like, oh my god, what are all these deep systems like? All the yes, I probably didn't learn all the you know techniques and like not shortcuts, but um, yeah, I hear you. I, I think I'm the same it, way, and also like. Some of those systems I didn't quite fully get, and I could see how they could get super interesting, but because it's randomly generated, it's like, oh, I can't learn this system Mm -hmm. unless I happen to get the right runs to figure it out. Like, it's a combination of those that, like, ultimately made it so that it wasn't enough because they compound. They're like a nombo, not a combo. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I'll never see it for the next 10 hours I play. Yeah, and it, well, then I'm, I might as well pretend like it's not a big deal. Like at least for the way my brain works, it's like, oh, cool. Let me figure this part out. Oh, I can't, yeah. and there's nothing I can do to play better to pursue figuring that thing out because mm-hmm. the game had, isn't consistent in that way yeah. by design. I had like the kind of universe where it's like I've seen all of these cards every single run, mm. and it's only until I'm getting higher up the ladder where I'm seeing different cards and stuff like that, and it's like. I have to replay the. It's yes, you can skip forward like a few levels or something like that. You know, depending on which paths you take and which perk you get at like the end of a particular run. But I was like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> you know, mm. every single time. Yeah. And as you said, with um, what is it, Banners of Ruin? Like the the, yeah. the fact that it's like when someone breaks through the shield, you're done for. I mean, I. Well, you're not because you still have a whole health bar, but and there are there are yeah. like you just have to get through the fight and keep building your shield up because you have cards. So I made sure to prioritize getting cards that rebuilt shields. So I wasn't a super yeah, aggro yeah. deck, and yeah. I think that's how you like figure out that that's the pattern to go through. Yeah, but in, like in terms of sp- uh, spray, I was going to say spray the supply. <laughs> yeah, that uh, works. Yeah, whatever that game is, <laughs> STS. Uh, that one. STS, yep. yeah. STS. Uh, Stis. Cystitis. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I just... I, I, I couldn't get into it, because, yeah, it's like... I'm screwed. I don't... I'm just basically building up a shield for every single turn, and I'm not getting to do any damage. And mm. when all my shield cards are done... I'm he's done? He's just going to tear... Yeah, I'm done. He's just going to yeah. tear through me, so... I definitely had that feeling. So this, I felt at least in the first, like I played a couple hours of the game, um, and that that, that the, the real run I managed to do, it definitely felt like you got enough uh, balance of mm. defense and offense to the point. Like I still had some tougher fights, but they mm. weren't, I mean, which is why. W- because they happened to pick on the one of my characters more once my shields were down. To the point where I couldn't continuously real build build it up. That that character was just kind of done for. And I think that's probably a thing you just have to learn in one, in the game like this. Like, yeah. So if two of your guys are at full health and one of your guys at a third of the health, maybe you just need to make peace with that guy's probably never going to live and mm. and and Sucks. play differently. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Versus trying your hardest to like use up all your shields to try and keep that guy alive, but then everyone else is getting lower. Mm. Um, and so that might be that's a thing like that type of um, meta strategy I'm interested in Um, but yeah I mean ultimately I don't think roguelikes are the perfect match for me although random I'm not against procedural 
a randomized mm. replayability mm-hmm. that gets just this. I, I, the balance is yeah. always odd, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of it, and, and obviously this is going to come out on day of early access release. Yeah, it's yes. the 30th um, of July uh, release for early access. Yeah, so yes. Yeah. So yeah, so days. so we can't early publish this because uh, it's embargoed until Friday. Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I, I think I think with me like not that we're these... streaming currently or anything like that. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I for- I forgot about that. Oops, <laughs> I fucked up. Let's finish the this, is, this, this is not live. week. Yeah. Ben, why didn't you cut about, me off? Talk about no, that's fine. No one's listening. No one's watching. Uh, we'll <laughs> oh, talk no. about the oh, pull drinking. Um, we'll start with you, Lucy. Um, mm. You had mm. two from New York. Brew York. Um, Which one did you prefer? It's tough. It's tough. Um, I I think I'm going to give it to the uh, Muffin Else Matters because it's just a great name. Um, yes. <laughs> and that's it. It's a great name. That's my favorite name. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's hard to say because like a fruit-based pastry stout and a fruit-based ice cream IPA they're both doing mm. a lot they're both like reaching into so many different styles and just pulling it off well the uh, hay mango was very fruity very fruit forward but it still retained that kind of like piney bitterness at the end um, it's very full it was very nice uh, but I think I'm going to give it to the yeah I'm definitely going to give it to the muffin else matters because yeah fair yeah, it, it it manages to be an eight point five percent stat and not taste like that at all. I don't know where they've disguised this alcohol, especially like they've put muscovado sugar in it as well, and it's like you'd imagine like there's going to be a lot of sweetness from the alcohol and that sugar added sugar in it. Right. It's not there, and it's it's the same way with the lactose and the oats. You'd think it's going to just be thick and viscous, but even that like pairs it back enough so it's just easy drinking. And you're also getting like the fruit and the blueberry and that. It just all rolls into one and it's yes, like this is exactly what it says on the tin. It's got like, like as I said, like the breadiness to it as well. Mm. To make it very muffin like. So yeah, it, they they do such good stuff over there at Burial. It's like yes. just I am gonna tell them just to where are they in Yorkshire? Well, Brew York, yeah. <laughs> they were probably <laughs> in York. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to convince them. It's like, roll on down to Birmingham. Make a tap room Ooh. here. You know? That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Gives us somewhere else to go when we actually are allowed to come out and, and yeah. go Places. visiting again. Um, I think for me this week, it's... Uh, it's quite easy in terms of which I think I would uh, pick again. Both good beers, uh, both successful in, in what they're doing. I think the instinct of survival from Leviathan flows very well. Um, has a nice citrus and uh, and piney flavour. But the Rainbok, which is a Maybok lager, um, I could have just I could have just drank and drank and drank and drank and drank all all night all day. Uh, it was really, really easy. It had uh, a, a reasonable amount going on, you know. Again, citrus notes, a few floral notes. 
slightly different, you know, similar beers in kind of the notes that they're hitting with the, the two very different styles. But the, the Maybok leading into that nice piney kind of light finish just made me want to reach for it again and get that slight hint of sweetness that I was getting at the start leading into that lagery kind of weedy finish into a, a, a nice bitter end and it just I, I, I kept reaching for it because I just wanted more of it uh, and up at 7% uh, a slightly uh, higher percentage for a lager as well mm, yeah. um, it, it's one of those beers that I think can kind of it can stand up against some of those um, higher IPAs or very low kind of dippers, you know, that you're getting a more thicker mouthfeel from, that you're getting more full body from. This is a lot lighter. And if you want, you know, to drink something that feels a bit more sessionable but mm. has a kick to it, this definitely does that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is my pick this week. Adol. Uh, I think it's probably a more beer. <laughs> probably one of their live ones. Uh, no, uh, mm. it's actually kind of mm. tough. Um, but yeah. I think it's tough for a very silly reason. Um, the Claudio was, I think, is the better beer. Hmm. But right. it opened up in a way that just let me down. And that it just didn't have that... Okay. Um, uh, it didn't have enough of that carbonation to really bring those flavors. So I felt like I was struggling to see them, but they it just had more depth. I think it's a better beer, but it was kind of more disappointing because it didn't. Well, if you look at the raw, as a bitter that's slightly flatter, it was fine. Like I, I, I wasn't disappointed by it. It was just like, yep, yeah, this is a good bitter, a little maybe more two-dimensional than I was hoping, but also just solid bitter. Uh, mm. So like, I, where where I struggle is... Taste-wise, functionally, well, so it's functionally versus like non-functionally. Like this, the Claudia is just a better beer. There's more going on. There's, it's more interesting, etc. Um, but the raw is probably the one functionally I would go, have again. Sure. But the, a lot of that's just because I wanted the Claudia to just be better. Mm. Like I'm not mad at it. I'm just disappointed. Oh no! <laughs> um. Oh no! <laughs> No, don't end like that. It's, I mean, no. I'm not actually mad or that disappointed. I just, I wish it just it gets so close to being such a strong, really interesting hoppy wheat beer, and like the gimmick of the live can carbonation is just working against it. It's another mm. one of those patented non bows. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, it just sucks. But it's still a good beer. I'm not, it's not a bad beer. I just. You can kind of taste how it could be stronger, and that's what? just sure. a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Why do they call okay. it live can carb? They call it a live beer because it is naturally carbonated. Yeah, but that's every craft beer. No. Practically, right? I mean, no, yeah. I think what they're saying is there's. <laughs> It's can conditioned, so the yeast is in the yeah. can. Versus a, a yeah. lot of craft beers, they make no, but a lot of beers and then bottle can or can. Do. No, but a lot of beers nowadays are can conditioned. Yeah, I guess I, I think a lot is probably being. I think we agree. It's just what we mean by a lot. It's not like none of them are, but I think 
Okay, but like, it's not yeah, rare. Are they calling it something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're both getting to that point, but it's like, why are they calling it live? I, it, it's a gimmick, it? right? Yeah, it's. Right. I mean, that's why I think I feel, <laughs> feel like it's okay for me to say I'm just disappointed because it's not like so rare that it's it's hard like, to control, <laughs> right? Yeah, like a lot of beers are can conditioned or bottle Bot conditioned. conditioned. Yeah, yeah. Throw the yeast in there; it'll do its thing. But Having a quick that's... look on their website, all of their beers are live beers. Wait, what? It's so not kind is... of. It's not. It's not a, a series. It's not a run. I just oh, it's think just they're the, telling it's you the, it's, it's, it's a the live new labeling. Beer. Yeah, it's just the new labeling. It, I think it's just telling you it's a live I, beer. I mean, that's even worse because they're clearly no, they trying to market themselves as this is different, yeah. right? Is that like a like in a high street store? Is that possibly? Is that where you got it? Like a deal? Sorry, is that where you bought it? Did you buy it in like a Tesco or something? No, like no, that? I bought I bought it at a. Uh, uh, Bottle shop, corks of cotton, where because I get most. I'd, yeah, because I'd put that on a. If I was like selling to mass market. Yeah, yeah. You you want to say this is this is different from even your brew dogs? Yeah, this is. That's this how is that's this is what this like labeling yeah. is is screaming at me, right? That's Here we what go. I that was, yeah. Here we go on their website on their um. What part is this? The about us, the philosophy element, live beer. Natural carbonation with live yeast is at the heart of everything we brew. Live beer has a unique texture, fullness of flavour and softness of mouthfeel. That's why we were the first brewery to be accredited for brewing naturally carbonated live beer in every product format. Can, keg and cask. Interesting. I mean, in that case, I'm even more disappointed because I've had more beers before and they weren't this oddly flat and bland in, in, in like in this balanced way like more of they've been established as a good craft brewer like why for years for on, years yeah why yeah. putting that on the marketing and like as I said if you're selling to mass market then yes but I mean I'm, maybe they're trying I'm to pivot not, right because things times maybe, are maybe. tough yeah but yeah it's, this is like this is why your beer's cloudy because it's got yeast in it and it's like ye- Yes, we know that. Layman doesn't, but mm-hmm. that's why I thought I thought it was just I don't know. Are they just like look, people? Like it's on your store shelves. It's it's not clear like Carling, and this is why it just sounds gimmicky in terms of that. Not yeah, like, look, it's can condition. There you go. Put that in small print on the back of the can. That's why. You know, I don't think we're the primary being marketed to people anymore. I guess. Uh, no, yeah. no. I, I maybe just didn't. Not. It, that's why I was thinking. Did more get bought by somebody? But I was like, oh no. god. Or they like, need to be bought by someone. I, I, I suspect it's probably like. It just like the like COVID probably wasn't kind to them. I imagine. Yeah. yeah right, I mean, do so, whatever you got to do, but like, yeah. If it's if you are peeing to that mass market, that's not a problem with me, but. Why put it on for people? Why? Ch- it's the change of wording that annoys. Yeah, it's it's, it's, like... a, it's it's making a big deal of what you've been doing all along that <laughs> yes. throws you off if you've been paying attention to them all along. Yeah. I guess I guess they've just realised that they can lean into it. It's a selling point for uh, for more people, 
for more people. Hey. Uh, let's finish there. No. Uh, you Never. can talk to all of us. Not while we're streaming. Not while we're podcasting. You can talk to us at other times. Over on Instagram or Twitter, Tanks Up Cast, you can get us individually. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. You can also connect with us on our uh, platforms of choice, which you should probably know about if you listen to us. Just wow, you fucking Ben. Play on. God. Fucking lo- I've lost it. I've gone. I've gone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Amazing. That was Ben. This is Adil signing off. I'm not even going to say bye or ciao. Just leave it at that. Uh, uh, Where? www.outoflives.net